Welcome to the Three Rural White Guys podcast. We're here with Kellen Gracie, Jacob Dodds, and I'm Mike Heaton. You know, we've had an interesting couple weeks. We've had some pretty dang big names for Iowa mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. our show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was Representative Roz Smith. Really proud to have him on the start of our season. And then, you know, I think we are all a little bit in, in awe by our second guest, which mm-hmm. was Christy Vilsack, former First Lady of Iowa. Um, just incredible, incredible person. And but you know what it did is it, it started this conversation amongst the three of us, having someone with the kind of class and, and bipartisanship and, and sort of bring people together mentality of really both of those guests. Um, it started this conversation between the three of us about who are we? What's our voice? What, what are we trying to, to get out there in terms of uh, our message? And, you know, it's hard to keep silent. One of the issues we had uh, is we sort of referred to during, during Christy Vilsack's interview. And then last week is there was all this stuff, just absolutely insane, insane stuff going on in, in the world right now, especially Republican politics, Republican social cultural war shit. And see, I had to cuss too. I had to cuss. It's going to happen. I think we're going to have to be explicit. I think so. Right. But then reason. Right. And we couldn't talk about it. Because we felt like we'd be disrespectful for someone as, as, as great as Christy Vilsack. And so we've done some research in the last week. And, and I think we're, we're, we're really doing a disservice to our listeners if we're not who we are. If we don't open up about how we're feeling about some of the crap that's happened in this world and occasionally get a little angry, occasionally get a little vent e, and call people out on their bullshit. Because you know what? We're being called snowflakes for using our brains to talk about public policy and I'm done with it. So we hope that Christy will still come on our show. We hope we can get some great people, but what do you guys think of us being just a little more honest and open about how we see the world and our politics? You know, I think, I think it's time, Mike. I think, uh, I had, I had a conversation with, with somebody the other day. Um, we were out to dinner and, just talking about how last year I, I finally hit a place where I just, my filter's gone, you know, uh, on social media, uh, even in my interactions with, with other folks, uh, uh, f- sometimes family members. Um, I'm just done with, with the silly nonsense, particularly uh, like the Trump 2024 crowd, right? Uh, after January 6th and after everything we're, we're watching unfold, I just... I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond, uh, beyond Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. So I like it. I like the idea of being a little edgier. Um, I, I would, would really like to hear from some of our followers, some of our listeners. Well, I think, uh, I, I, I keep thinking back to the episode where we had Ross Smith on and, and Ross said something about, you know, really trying to sort of bridge the gap between, you know, your neighbor who flies the Trump flag and, and I think that's important. I, I do. Um, and I think that that when we look at, um, you know, our friends and neighbors who maybe we don't perhaps agree with politically, I think that we've established in the sort of post-Trump era that uh, most of those people accepted the results of the election. They've moved on with life. And I can see it within social media in my own circle uh, that there are people, there are those who have gone off the rails with the QAnon crazy conspiracy stuff. And there are those people who are still, you know, they're still Republicans. They're still conservatives and they, they still hold those beliefs. 
And you can sit down and have a reasonable, intelligent, sensible conversation with those. Those people, I don't think, have ever been the issue. Right. I, I, I think that still exists. I think that 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 uh, conservatives and progressives that are reasonable, educated, intelligent people can sit down and have a reasonable political debate. And perhaps, perhaps maybe that was where our podcast was headed. But kind of in line with what Kellen said, I'm not interested in having that conversation with the people that uh, now, four months later, still have the Trump flags up and the four by eight signs in their yard and are constantly posting the memes and rhetorical crap that is, is completely baseless, uh, that, that, you know, is not backed up by any fact and that continue to support this absolute insanity mm -hmm. that we're seeing on both a local state and national level. And I think sitting back and trying to, to sort of go high, as Hillary Clinton would say, uh, no. <laughs> we need to be direct and we need to confront that head on. And, and you can still do that in a, in a respectful way, but there has to come a point where you have to, you have to look at, a, at, at somebody's position and say, I don't just disagree with you, you're wrong. Right. And here's why you're wrong. And it's not a matter of opinion. These are things that we can measure, right? These are things yeah. that we can assess. It's, They're facts. It's quantifiable. There, right. there are, there's data to back up why you're wrong. You know, and I, I have to say, I've, I, you may or may not know, I have an ac a background in academics, came, came from academics, and I'm not, I currently teach a course here and there, but not a, a full-time faculty member anymore. But when I was, and, and when I was in grad school, and I was very in, in the academic world, my one concern, my, my real big issue with academics is they absolutely go to the ivory tower and kind of stay there, right? That, that yeah. old, uh, old adage, I guess you could call it. Um, they, they very, very infrequently uh, engage with folks outside of academics. So you have all these incredibly intelligent people who, who do have answers to these questions who do have the facts and the data to back up what they're saying, but don't engage because it, it's below them, beneath them. It's, it's not worth it to get down into the trenches and, and, and uh, push back on this stuff. I, I, think there's, I think there's value and I think there's a place for pushing back on misinformation, on lies, on propaganda, on fascism, on white supremacy, and I'm sick of all of it. I, I, guys, yesterday, Tucker Carlson went on, went on air and spread lies and misinformation about vaccines, talking about how they're not effective, you shouldn't take them. Uh, we know they're not effective because you're supposed to wear, they tell you you need to wear a mask. Just on and on, absolute nonsense about, about vaccines, right? This stuff is being pumped into these folks, right? At, via Fox News, via One American News Network, via Newsmax, and formerly Rush Limbaugh. But... Kellen just rolled his eyes in the last one, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a place. God rest his soul. Yeah, whatever. He can have as much peace as, as the peace he showed the people he tormented his entire life, which is none. Um, but I, I, really, I really do think um, I, I've just hit a limit. I've just hit a limit. And, you know, the, the thing that I'm excited to actually dive into a little more is the fact that our families, our friends, our community are openly being manipulated. And it's obvious yeah. that they're being manipulated. Tucker Carlson goes on there and talks about vaccines the way he talks about it. And he does. He, I guarantee he has a vaccine already. Yeah, Trump got his vaccine and didn't tell anybody. Right. Like, they're doing it to make money. 
That's their whole goal, is to make money off people by, by going after their basic desires. People don't want this pandemic to be here. They don't want to wear masks. They don't want to get a shot and have two days worth of feeling like crap and then go back and get it again. People don't want that. And so Fox News knows that. Tucker Carlson knows that. And so he feeds them all these freaking conspiracy theories to get them to keep watching because they want to hear that. They, they want to hear that they can go out to eat with their friends and not worry about killing people. Guys, and it's sad. That's what we got to go after. It's sad and it's depressing. And I spent years and years, especially the last five years, but even before that, years and years and years, just shutting my mouth, right, biting my tongue yeah, and saying, you know what, whatever, you know, crazy uncle, whatever, he can babble on about the latest conspiracy theory not nonsense that's coming out of, out of Fox News or out of Rush Limbaugh. But where did that get us? You know, it, you know where it got us? It got us January 6th. It got us domestic terrorists. It got us uh, PBS frontline reports on the rising threat of domestic terrorism and white supremacy across the country. It got us worse, into a worse scenario, into a worse situation. So that it didn't work, right? Biting your tongue, being polite, and not saying anything when, when someone's spewing hate in your face and bigotry and ignorance saying nothing and, and, and walking back. And, and, and um, Jacob, you, you mentioned Ross Smith a moment ago. He also mentioned that it's time to have some courage. It's time to have some courage. And I think, I think part of that is starting to speak up, especially when we're talking about real vile stuff like white supremacy, like racism, fascism, domestic terrorism, and the, and the outright lies and misinformation about a global pandemic that's killed millions of people, almost, what, 600,000 in the U.S. alone? And, and that's just vile, that's, that's evil, that's evil stuff. And, and I, think, I, think, I think part of that courage is, 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 is pushing back on that stuff, yeah. Let's push back then. Let's be more aggressive. I, I'm going to start with education. There, there, you know, coming back to rural America, there is this anti-education sentiment. It's like, oh, you went off of that liberal university. And you mentioned this a little bit, and there are our high ivory towers. And there's some truth to that. Don't get me wrong. There really is. But the mentality you get here is you go off to those liberal education, you come back a liberal because they brainwash That's you. not even true. It's not. That's not even true. Right. In fact, there were a couple of studies that tried to do, like tried to quantify this and actually found the opposite was true. That that they're not they're being encouraged to so the liberals are being encouraged to explore ideas beyond their liberal world right, right. Um, <laughs> the problem with that is a lot of the pro, the problem with that whole notion is that a lot of liberals want to go to college a whole lot of conservatives don't so automatically you have a base population of folks that just tend to be liberal Biased. more liberal yeah yeah because that's who's selecting into colleges and universities that's who wants to go to colleges and universities and you know when they go. They interact with different cultures. They interact with different ideas and different thoughts. They learn, literally learn how to think critically, to look into actual facts and how things get processed and how you form hypotheses and shit like that you're supposed to know. And they come home to the rural communities and they just look at you like, like you're screwed up just because, you know, you think critically. But, and that's your problem is when you get your information from memes and, and you just, you see it and it's like, yep, that reinforces what I already believe. So I'm not even going to bother to check it. Yeah. Do and a little that's, research. You, you probably saw me. I was scrolling through my phone. I was, I was trying to find a post that, that somebody had shared, um, that, that I saw and it was just literally the face palm. Like, like what we're, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
right now I'm throwing up on the screen. This is from somebody I respect. I have a lot of love for. I'm not going to say anybody's names. I, I saw I saw this meme going around the other day. Yeah. It says, just a reminder, a genuinely deadly pandemic doesn't require 24-7 advertising to remind you that it exists. Real pandemics don't need marketing campaigns and endless propaganda, but psychological operations do. Well, I, okay. Who's in, uh, who's who, who's engaged in this psychological operation? Who is the they here that's running the ad campaign and running the, the marketing campaign and endless propaganda? Who yeah. does this person think is doing that? Bill Gates? Not to mention the fact that, that everybody knows somebody impacted by this. Right. I mean, everybody knows somebody that died of COVID. Everybody knows somebody that's a healthcare provider that took care of these people, that is still taking care of these people. And, and when, you, when you see this, it's almost worse to open up. It's worse for your mental health to open up the comments yeah. underneath of these things this, because this, it just makes your head hurt, yeah. the level yeah. of stupidity. Yeah. 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 This person goes on to say that this is a, if you scroll back up, th this person goes on to say that this is a, uh, I strongly believe a crime's been committed and is being yeah, committed. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. who's committing yeah. a crime? Right. Well, and also, you know why they need 24-7 propaganda to tell you this exists? It's because you post shit like this. Right. And people share it. And, and you have to push back with facts and reality and, and, yeah. and actual data. Like shit it's is exhausting. happening. This has been a really exhausting like 16 months. Half well, a million really, people like have years. died with massive restrictions. And yet, yet this person posts there, I know over a half million people have died in our country, but it did not have to happen. You're absolutely right. It didn't have to happen. But because people post dumb shit like you did, it did. Right. Yeah. And 500,000 people, almost 600,000 people just in America are dead. There's like three point something million worldwide yeah. that have died of COVID. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting loud. I apologize. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I think we need to drop yeah. drop the number of f bombs <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Love it though. Love it. So we're we're coming in chained a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna glued. start calling those socky bombs. Those socky bombs. bombs. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, we got to give a shout out to Stephanie Miller and her uh, her show for that. The Saki bombs. I, in fact, they had a whole argument about this about where the term Saki bomb originated, uh, who who originally invented it, and uh, pretty sure it was Stephanie Miller. So <laughs> he was going with it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So so you know, I know for a lot of progressive listeners because we have a lot of people all over the country listening to this podcast now, and quite a few of them, especially from urban areas, are asking themselves like yeah hello we've been unhinged for quite a while now like why are you just now getting to the game mm -hmm. it's been crazy and the answer is we're not just getting there but when you live in a rural community when you're surrounded by people who just don't want conflict because everybody knows everybody you say something you challenge anybody in this community in any negative way and you get thrown under the bus yeah and I'm going to point out, Kellen, I'd like you to point out something that happened already. And we're going to get real here. You, we, we had a, a legislative breakfast. What, we did. Two yeah. months ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, I think it was in January. January yeah, right. We're going to go here. Yeah, we're going to go here. We're going to talk about it out loud a little Woo. bit. Yeah, we'll see if I keep it in the recording or not. I'm going to yeah. have to edit this out. But because it, we do, every time we talk about our local community, we put ourselves at risk a little bit. People we do. will, we do. Yeah. you know, they know us. They listen yep. to us and it gets around. Yep. And people, you, you don't have anonymity in a rural community. So, Kellen, what's your, what happened that 
during that? What's your what's your take on happened during that legislative breakfast? Well, well, before the legislative breakfast, domestic terrorists attacked the Capitol building. Yes, and in the immediate aftermath, if if you're a, a functioning rational human that lives in America, you probably noticed that in the news there were a lot of reports of upcoming uh, similar events going to happen at state capitals around the around the country. So we had this legislative breakfast, and in the legislative breakfast were. Um, the state senator and the state rep for our area, uh, on on the call. Do you want Do you want to lay out what happened prior to that locally with our local um, right Republican right party? Right. So our the chair of the local Republican party went on Facebook using the Republican County Republican Party Facebook page and basically uh, started talking. What was the language? Something like lock and locked load. and loaded that locked we needed to remain locked and loaded. And, and not even just that, it's what's happening at the U.S. Capitol right now. It was the beginning of a new revolutionary war, but this time it is red versus blue. Right. It was almost a direct at, quote. And it was posted at like 2.15 in the afternoon. Yeah. Right. Like right As in the middle happening. of it. So this guy did that on the on the county Republican page, scared the heck out of a lot of people, right? Um, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, this 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 guy lives, you know, down the street. Uh, he's talking about a red versus blue civil war, and he's locked and loaded and ready to go, and how this is just the beginning, and real patriots are going to run. And like whatever. By the way, when Kellen says down the street, like literally, literally. like four blocks away, and and at that, at that point, you know, a lot of people who are left leaning and, and progressive minded, or maybe not even left leaning and progressive minded, maybe folks of color, you know, um, who who maybe one time at one point voted for a Democrat, have have now are, are starting to you know be a little worried. So the, at the legislative breakfast, you know, this is a topic that you can bring to your legislator. Uh, the, the event was panned as a, or advertised as a... Um, open forum. Open forum, that's right. right. Uh, you know, open forum generally means questions from from community members that you can go and, and ask your, your elected officials. Completely uh, like filibustered the entire time. It was an hour-long meeting. 55 minutes in said, okay, who would like to who would have some questions, right? Um, I lost it. I lost my mind. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I, I just, I wanted to know, I asked, I, I slowly lost my mind. At first I asked and said, uh, you know, what, what are we, what are you guys doing about this? Like, right. This guy finding reconciliation, I think was our word that we used. Yeah. yeah. And, and how are you going to make this better? Because the, these folks are talking about killing you. These I, folks are talking about going to the state legislature and hanging elected officials. And let's not forget that, that within hours of that post and it was picked up by the local media and spread statewide. Na national the, post. The, like it was on MSNBC. Yes. It was being reposted across the country. But the, the governor, the GOP governor, yep. and most of the, the uh, state level Republican leadership immediately came out and condemned it. Yeah. So statewide for national seats like but, Congress but, and Senate. Yeah. But Kellen's on this call with the next morning with, with the, our local legislators. Mm -hmm. And what happened? I asked him, what are, what are you going to do about this? And... Gave me a runaround. Uh, started talking about Black Lives Matter burning cities last year. Just Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. Like, yeah. What about Portland? What about Seattle? What about Milwaukee? And blah 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 blah. All that crap. Uh, and I, that's when I lost it. And I said, I don't care about any of that. There's an actual domestic terrorism problem. They just attacked the Capitol building. There, yeah. the FBI and the entirety of the intelligence community is saying it's likely going to happen again. To stop the votes, confirmation of a legitimate election 
Right. Now, let's be clear. This wasn't I freaking threw a rock through a Wendy's. Right. Now, that's not good either. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But this was, they literally tried to undermine our government. It's called sedition. Yeah. Sedition is when you try to delay the operation of government or um, hinder the execution of a law. When you're trying to delay the certification of 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 a presidential election, you're committing sedition. Yeah. You're committing sedition. So these folks just didn't care. They did. They took. They they didn't care. They didn't think it was an issue. Um, my I fell off the call. My Zoom connection lost. <laughs> so we're, and we're, I think they were no, really happy. No, it wasn't Zoom. That. You don't remember, do you? Because we're we're talking rural America here. Kellen was actually in the car. That's right. I was on he my was cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get Bluetooth, in, Bluetooth, no hands. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you get far enough away from any area, well, yeah. really three blocks away from most of our houses, you suddenly drop calls because we're in the middle of rural nowhere, and it does that. Yeah. And so he dropped, and I'm sitting here on the call like, oh, crap, what do I do here? I got I got a buddy of mine who's just speaking it like it is right here. And the other side, I'm sitting here like, crap, if I if I pick it up from where Kellen left off, which was pretty aggressive because he was pissed. I was very pissed. Like, I'm going to burn some bridges. And I knew I was. Not like attacking people pissed. I was no. starting to raise my voice. Well, largely because they were they were pulling my chain yeah. and dicking me around, right? They, they were, totally they were, was. They yeah. were playing all the Tucker Carlson you know, counterpoints, like right. what about type shit, right. right? Nothing to do. So, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh crap. Do I, do I take it on? I'm going to lose credibility amongst this great, wonderful group of, of chamber people. Right. And I'm like, Oh, screw it. You know what? This is, this is our country. We just got freaking attacked by this crap. And, and so I'm a chamber member. I have a company and I'm a chamber member. And I, I, I just started the conversation. I'm like, well, you know, he dropped off. So let's, let's go this way. I said, listen, we're in rural America. It's really hard to get people to come here. Yeah. Recruitment, uh, especially of young adults, is very difficult. And we, we had this great conversation. I think episode two was it with Caitlin Schlesser, uh, came in attorney talking about needing to have some progressive, some, some more uh, cutting edge type uh, attractions for rural communities to make people want to live here, right? And what, what she's really saying is cultural competency. It's, 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 it's inclusivity. It's, it's a willingness to not be racist or heterosexist and shit like that openly. And here we are with all this really, really negative press locally, statewide, and nationally about the chair of the Republican party, one of the largest membership groups in our County posting this stuff under the title of the Republican party. That is not good for community development. It's not good for economic development. It's not good to attract companies. People aren't going to relocate to Mount Pleasant or to our county when we have such high-level officials within these large groups saying this stuff. And so I wanted to know what our local officials, not the governor, not state senators, what our local officials are going to do about it. And what they gave me again was, well, he shouldn't lose his job over it. Well, what's going on in Seattle? And never, ever admitting that, the party was responsible, that they had lost institutional control, or that they would even try to make it better. That's an interesting word you use there, Mike, responsible. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times throughout the Trump presidency we heard, well, we're not responsible for that. That's not our responsibility. I don't take responsibility for that. That's somebody else's problem right. where I blame X, Y, Z. Well, it's also important to note that, that uh, uh, kind of ran the table on that was our newly elected state senator mm-hmm. right he was the one responding to me and oh, yeah our local rep wasn't saying no, anything it was yeah. the state, state senator. yeah our, our and 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 he signed on to a letter that was sent to both of iowa's senators who happened to be republicans yep. uh that that basically threatened them with primary 
if they fell out of party line at all regarding the um, anything regarding to the insurrection, uh, anything against Trump, you know, it was it was we will primary you. It was a very militant worded letter. Yeah, and and it was my take on that was you just got elected. Who the hell do you think you are? Right. And and what is he though? Well, before you go there, before we go there, like he used terms like rhino. You all heard of that? Republican in name only. Basically meaning that if you disagree with them, you're not really a Republican. But the issue, though, is he feels like he has the backing. He has the leverage to be able to say that. He's like, we're Southeast Iowa's Republican caucus. We're going to crush you if you don't go extreme like us. And is he wrong? No, I don't think he is. I mean, if, if what we saw locally was any indication and 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 I'll, I'll go back to what i said i think we all know plenty of reasonable republicans that we can still to this day sit down and have an honest conversation about right but we certainly identified who the who the the fringes are right and who the extremists are mm-hmm. but here, here's the thing with that I, I i agree with you and if we if we talk to those reasonable republicans they'll agree with us they'll agree with us but, but then they won't also- say it publicly Nope. And then they'll also donate to the Republican Party. When Trump asks for money for his defense campaign, they'll donate to it. Yep. Well, the you RNC know. just went down to Mar-a-Lago and held a, held a huge event. And, and in the where, event. Where he kicked the party leaders right. under the bus. In, in the event, Trump yeah. is going on and on about how Mitch is an awful person. I use, use a bunch of other words. Uh, yeah. And, and it, yeah, exactly. Went, went right after the Republican Party itself. Yeah. But but they, they walked into it. They they. Rented out Mar-a-Lago and paid him a hundred grand to come and speak to him. And, and that's and that's what I don't get is the only thing that Trump is doing for them at this point is solidifying their base. And that's it. That's their base. Right. But your base is not going to win your elections. They're hedging all of their butts on this far right extremism fringe crap that's associated with Trumpism, and that's not going to win their elections moving but, forward. But they're not. They're doing that, and they're like, we can win it. As long as we inhibit people's ability to vote. That's true. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen it, that's all they're doing this offseason. Oh, but they're not doing that. Uh, if you, you look at the bullshit <laughs> on Facebook, it's, it's all... Integrity it's all, of the oh, election. Well, if they were in this state, they already have those, those strict restricting you know, right. voter laws. No, they don't. Right. I mean, it, it's not a felony in Iowa to give somebody a bottle of water while they're waiting in line. Fortunately, we don't generally have to wait in line to vote. Because we have multiple polling places across our counties. Right. And we also have one of the most successful and safe and fraud-free elections in the history of Iowa. So why don't we spend two weeks trying to redo our election laws? Yeah, well, you know, we've already, we've already I won't rehash that. We've already talked yeah. about how our legisl- local legislatures, uh, you know, fixating on things that aren't really issues for Iowans. Right, right. But, you know, we're also talking about the same group of people that six months ago were going on about how human trafficking and, and, and pedophiles, you know, need to be cleansed from the earth. But they're silent. About Matt Gates, yeah. Kellen, you, you have something on your computer? This is, this is breaking news. The number of, of young women Greenberg sent money to via Venmo is over 100. Oh, my God. Is this real news, though? So here's the thing. We're, we have journalistic integrity, right? So yeah. this is the Daily Beast. Uh, Daily Beast uh, is... Let's, let's, let's see if we can find a different source. Yeah, let's see if we can find... But, or let's see if it comes out in the next couple of days with yeah. some better verified sources, right? right, right like right. that's we're not, we're not coming at you as if we're going to be just a conspiracy of the left. Right. 
Yeah, da Daily Beast is, I don't know, I think not as reputable as a lot of other places, but I don't think they're the garbage can of the internet that a lot of other places are. They like maybe Breitbart. sensationalize things a little yeah, bit they, more. Yeah, I think that's what they but. do, sensationalize things a bit more. Yeah. But I think the point with all this is that is that it's hypocrisy. With with Matt Gates, with with the sex trafficking and, and QAnon, and this whole piece is just hypocrisy. The the Republican Party has absolutely lost the moral high ground. There is no question. So that said, we're going to start calling it out more. We're going to call out the bullshit. We're going to call out the hypocrisy because it's detrimental, especially to our rural communities. It is hurting us. But that's not to say that we are only going to be this podcast that just vents about the other side because we're not. We do want to try to connect bridges where we can, where people are willing with Republicans who still have a, a little bit of a, a willingness to have discussions and actually try to build a bridge. And additionally, we're going to have some great guests on this show to help us show us how to do that. Um, from, from politicians to leaders of various nonprofits and advocacy groups, we are going to continue to address, to address the issues. So when we come back from the break, we will discuss uh, the Supreme Court and a current initiative that by a handful of people in Congress to expand the Supreme Court and whether or not that's good or bad for, for rural communities, uh, among other issues. So uh, we'll see you after the break. One of the greatest joys of this podcast is hearing from our listeners telling us that they were inspired to get involved in their own local rural politics to work with their neighbors to try to create change in rural America. That's why we're here. That's our goal. But we can't do that without you, our listeners. So we come to you humbly asking you to help support our show. You can make a contribution at our website, www.3ruralwhiteguys.com. And you'll help us cover the cost of equipment, cover the cost of editing, production, managing guests, and so on. Additionally, each week, we take 50%, 5-0, of everyone's contributions for that week. And we donate them to a cause related to that week's episode. This week's recipient is UNICEF USA. Just last week, the Iowa governor rejected a request by the White House to help house migrant and immigrant children. UNICEF USA would never turn their backs on children and families who are refugees seeking asylum. They work with them in any country, anywhere around the world, if the, if the local government allows. Additionally, in this episode, we talk a lot about the pandemic and about vaccinations. Jacob received his vaccination months ago because he's a medical professional frontline worker. Kellen and Mike got our second doses this week. But in communities around the world, people aren't that fortunate. And UNICEF USA is trying to close that gap. They are the largest provider of immunizations in the world. And they are on the front lines fighting the pandemic in developing countries everywhere. So visit us at 3ruralwhiteguys.com to learn how you can help us make a difference, both locally and globally. Welcome back to Three Rural White Guys. The Supreme Court is in the news again. Kellen, what are you seeing on your news feeds? Democrats in Congress set to introduce legislation to expand the size of the Supreme Court from 9 to 13. Tell me about that. You're, you're our poli-sci guy. Can we add seats? Absolutely. Is it not constitutional? No, no, it What's is. the story behind it's, number of seats in the, in the Supreme Court? Yep. You just got to go through the proper process. And Which is what? The legislative process, have it signed by, signed by the president. 
I don't think there's anything that says you need a supermajority to do that. So why haven't we done this in the past? FDR tried. Oh, it's it's has been done in the past. It yeah, we've changed the number on the Supreme Court a couple times. It's just been a really long time since we've done it. Okay, it see, wasn't always nine. I'm huh. very torn about this. Okay. And the reason I'm torn about it is because I I do think that we're we're in danger probably more so than we've ever been. And I know that there's going to be people out there that disagree with me on this. And they're going to say, oh, we've had this liberalized Supreme Court for years. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, uh, I, I really think that we're in danger of truly having a politicized court at this point. With yeah. or without the adding seats? Without okay. adding seats to balance it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if they expand it out to 13 and, and you know, Biden can do this and get them through during his term, you know, it's, it's assumed that they will balance out that conservative edge that is there right now. But I also see on the other side of this where all of the critics and naysayers are going to say, well, this is, this is exactly what radical liberalism gets you. If they don't, if they don't get their way, they're just going to change the rules. Isn't that exactly what the Republicans did to get their people on the court? It is exactly what they did. But this 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 could you know thirty forty fifty years down the road bite liberals in the ass too, because it could happen right back at them. Guys, the Republicans haven't won a presidential popular vote in like thirty years. Yeah, the Reagan years. I think it was nineteen eighty, maybe eighty four. Are we really worried about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially now that they're the party of domestic terrorism, insurrection, and sedition. Well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. What scares the shit out of me more than anything is not Donald Trump running for president in 2024. It is, it is, somebody, it is somebody like Donald Trump, but much smarter, yeah, much more politically savvy, who's going to ride on the coattails of being that sort of radical outsider that speaks his mind and says what he wants, um, but but actually is is the second coming of Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what scares me. And, yeah, and, and I'm sure that, that the listeners out there say, well, he's being really, boy, you, you start comparing with Hitler, he's being really hyperbolic there. No. That's, the, <laughs> that's how he came into power. He was elected. Yes. Hitler was elected. Yes. And then, and then everything, he started ripping everything. And, and he was ran out of Berlin before he was elected. And then nine years later, he came back and changed the world. He, he wasn't just run out of Berlin. He attempted a coup and then was sent to prison and for it. And was imprisoned for it. Yes. And then came back and was elected. That's why history is fun, kids. Yes. Pretty sure someone just attempted a coup four months ago. Yeah. Three months ago? Three months ago. And our elected officials didn't have the balls or whatever you need to have to actually do anything about it. They haven't done anything about it. So let's get back on the on the Supreme Court here because we got a little bit on a tangent there. But um, what? Why are we doing this? What's the What's the purpose of the Democrats at this moment in time? At least a handful of Democrats at this moment in time bringing this up and trying to push it forward. And could it come back to bite? Well, Democrats in the past. This uh, there's no way this passes. So let's just be very clear that this isn't going to. So pass. it's filibusterable. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes, but. Even if it's not, you don't even have all the Democrats on board with this. The mansions, like mansions of the world. yeah, is not going to vote they're, for this. So they're like me, is what you're saying. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. So yeah. I'm just saying this. So part of this smells like a PR stunt, right? 
Okay. So it's it's just stirring the pot. I mean, very obviously, every Republican's head just exploded, right? There's no way we can let these liberal dem snowflakes pack the courts, right? Like every, I'm sure if you go into Fox News and OANN right. land and and Republicanville, it's 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 um, the well, the tyrant. Well, here's what it tells me: is just look at the way. I mean, and granted, this is a news article, but it says. It says right here in this paragraph, the issue nevertheless served as a litmus test during the 2020 Democratic primary for progressives. Right. We did talk Warren, about it in the primary, yeah. Harris and Pete Buttigieg suggested they were open to the idea. They were open to the idea. They didn't say, yes, I'm all about this. Um, but Biden and Sanders <laughs> both did not back it. So, so that, I mean, basically, if you're not on the, the Biden train, you're probably a Bernie supporter. True. And, uh, uh, yeah, neither one of them back it. So. so why now? Why are they even bringing this up? Because I, I why? Why are they bringing well, it up? Let me ask a different question. Does this matter? Is this being put out there by a group of Democrats who really don't have any sway? Is this Nancy Pelosi? No, this is Ed Markey and Jerry Nadler. So why do we care? Is this Jerry Nadler sits on the Judiciary Committee. Can he get something to happen? He's the chairman of the Judiciary He or she is. He? Okay. he yeah. Can he actually make this happen can he get it through the house yeah no problem so there is power there it's not just it's not aoc trying to push something through that has no shot now i like aoc don't get me wrong yeah like it's not she throws some stuff out there that doesn't have the support of of her own and she knows that it's not going to pass yeah yeah but then she can go yeah and and then she goes home and says hey i tried i I pushed and i can't get i respect that i respect that but yeah so this this isn't isn't one of those yeah why wouldn't so why are they doing it now? If it's going to have such backlash and can the, the, the right can come together around it as the rallying point, why give them that leverage right now? Because I think the left can also come together around this. And I'll tell you why, because it, while we're sitting here and we're disagreeing about this, at the same time, though, all we've been watching for years, Republicans do nothing but, but confirm judges. Mitch McConnell's job was to just confirm judges the last four years. That's the only thing he did. It's the only thing he did. True. That's the only, and then pass the tax cut for, for rich people right. and corporations. That's the only thing they did from four years. So we drink beer here on the podcast. <laughs> you may have noticed this background noise of, of clicks and <laughs> over the years. It's Diet ca- Coke. It's Diet Coke. It, it is most not, most definitely not Diet Coke. And if you notice as our episodes go on, we talk a little slower and a little more slurry. So, Kellen, what are you drinking this evening for our, for our beer aficionados? Well, Jacob brought a case of Lineys. Oh, the uh, the beer of the Upper Midwest out yeah. of Wisconsin. That's well, one I did miss my lineys. I must admit, when I lived yeah. in Texas, it just wasn't a thing. You I'm not a huge lineys. fan, to be honest. But really? they're better Tom, than the White Claws you have in your fridge, so, Mike. Dude, dude, uh, did you really have to say that's all I drink is fucking White Claws on freaking? <laughs> I just to, to all my gluten free fellow beer drinkers, I got your back. In the in the summertime at my house, this is the guest beer. Oh, the summer the Lining Kugel Summer Shandy is the guest beer. That's the good beer that I bring out for the guests. Otherwise, it's Natty Light Natterdays. <laughs> hey, I like and Natterdays. They, and they have the they they had the strawberry lemonade. Now they have the pineapple lemonade, which is all I'm gonna drink. Nice. <laughs> that shit is amazing. <laughs> but now we really are really this, this really section of rural white guys. Rural white guys yeah. is brought to you by <laughs> Natty Light. <laughs> I did go to Iowa State for a year, so oh yeah, we'll forgive you. Everybody makes mistakes, <laughs> and we just lost half of our listeners with that statement. <laughs> great, great. Okay, so 
talk to me about this Supreme Court. What do you think? You, well, uh, yeah, it's I not really, going it's anywhere. Not going. So we're trying to consolidate the base. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, you, you asked why. Why now? Right. And I think it's because we've watched Republicans for years just do nothing but confirm judges. That's been their whole thing. If you if you talk to any voter, if you especially the like evangelical Christian wing of the Republican Party, that's their thing is judges. They can get over the grab them by the pussy. They can get over the Jerry Epstein stuff. They can get over building a wall and throwing kids in cages. They can get over all that stuff as long as they get their judges to fight back on abortion and ensure guns. Oh yeah, the, the the judges on the on the abortion is their that's their uh, that is their boner pill for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the chains are off, everybody. The chains are off. <laughs> <laughs> that is their Viagra. It gets them going. So are we? Are we really? We are bringing Democrats together with this issue. Is that why they're pushing so hard? That's my. When you ask me why, why now? My guess is that's why. Do you think the Biden administration, the White House, is like what the fuck? Guys? Yeah, yeah. They had that. They they announced that uh, study group that that last week, right? And said or earlier this week, and said we're forming a, a panel or a group to to study it. Right. So. They don't. They don't want to just go in and do it. Right? They're gonna be calculated like yeah. everything else is. Made. Right. Right. Which is exactly what we expected. Yeah. Which is so what we would hope. He's yeah. probably a little. He's swinging now. He's gonna be pissed at this. Yeah, I can imagine Joe Biden's not happy about this. Well, I mean, he's trying to get stuff done, like legitimate stuff done, and this is kind right. of distracts from that. Yeah. I mean, that's why he was really kind of opposed to the whole you know, Trump impeachment thing because it was largely symbolic and it did, it detracted from what he was trying to do right off the right, bat. Right. So I got a story for you guys. When I was with, with UNICEF, we were, uh, we went down to Nicaragua uh, on the Honduras border and we got to see what that it's right on that main sort of pipeline of, of trafficking, gun trafficking, human trafficking, people trafficking, making their way to the U S. So, I'm there and I'm watching literally in real time the shit play out. Like we're there talking with kids, talking how they're, they're actively recruited by coyotes to, to do that, how their parents are, you know, basically offered money to, to send their kids away. And then the coyotes make money on having those kids in those buses. They get them in the, the second they get across the border, it's over. They can't get them back. It's just, it's a whole nother thing. So they get here, they get right to the border they meet what is still really the Trump, you know, wall, if you will, but in, in the form of, of security and, and we're going to put people in cages and the whole nine yards that we're trying to sort of break apart now. But we have kids that have been separated, families that have been separated, people who are literally, why would you do that? You're leaving poverty, extreme poverty. You're not here to sell drugs or bring in COVID and all this shit that, that Tucker Carlson is, is bringing at us. And guess what? They have nowhere to go. Our, the White House, the, the federal government, calls our governor and says, hey, listen, can you take some people? We need, to, we need to start moving them into communities. We need to start finding a place for them, helping them be able to overcome their situation because it's bad. They're here. We don't want to send them back. We've tried or there's kids involved and all this other stuff. And so we ask our governor to take some in. You know, she says happily, happily, with almost joy. No, we don't want them in our state. We will not take immigrants who are basically refugees. There's, there's they are. They're asylum seekers. Yeah, they're exactly. refugees. Exactly. That's different than somebody 
crossing the border illegally. It's somebody coming here presenting themselves and saying, I'm seeking asylum. I'm, I'm trying to escape violence. Right. And, and let's contrast that with what, and, and I'm, I'm being specific to Iowa here, but let's contrast that with, with uh, who is possibly, arguably, in the annals of Iowa history, one of the best governors that Iowa ever had, Robert, Robert Ray, Robert Ray, who yeah. happened to be a Republican and welcomed Southeast Asian refugees in the 1970s with open arms. Back when, you know, Republicans actually had values and morals. And and part of the reason that the very town that we're broadcasting from right now has grown into what it is is because of those people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Southeast Asian community in Mount Pleasant and in Henry County in general is incredible. It's It's brought so much economic, cultural, all these different things to our, to our community. It's been fantastic. And we benefited from those policies back then, but now it's just, no, we don't want you like seriously. And I, and I would argue that before Trump, that would not have been the case. Yeah. But when he made the, the murderers and rapists comment that shifted the whole narrative on immigration from Mexico, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's no longer a, a matter of the, problems associated or perceived problems associated with with illegal immigration it's now these are legitimately bad people right we don't care if they come from anywhere else but these are legitimately bad people Mm -hmm. right and this is all while our rural communities are just leaking slowly our population in general our young adults our, our workforce we have trouble finding people to work in our factories in our manufacturing plants anywhere it's tough. We have so many for hire signs up in our communities because everyone is leaving. We need people in our communities, and we have people that are willing, who are risk takers, who are willing to do anything it takes to survive and be successful and to find a better life. And we're saying, no, you're rapists and drug people. Like, we can't have you here. Oh, my God. Like, we need them here. Mm-hmm. We do. What else we got? Anything else? (laughs) We're way over time at this point. Get vaccinated, people. Oh, here's the thing. Tomorrow, Kellen and I get our second shot. I do. First thing in the morning. Yeah. Now, now Jacob's been vaccinated for like months now because he's an awesome friend. Hell, I'm going to the Dominican Republic next week. Yes, he is. They're going to let you in? Hell yeah. They're going to let me in. They may not let me back. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been fun being the three rural white guys. We're now the two rural white guys starting next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will be at the two rural white yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. But it's also very possible that Kellen and I will feel like shit. Because, I Probably. mean, yeah, our bodies will be reacting to the, the second dose, which, they're, which, as you can imagine, is just protecting us from what it thinks is the virus mm-hmm. and, and kicking in our, our defense mechanisms. And so we're going to feel like shit starting tomorrow night. Get vaccinated, folks. Yeah. It's it's totally worth feeling like crap for twenty four mm-hmm. hours. Yeah, it's totally worth it. You're you're you will feel in an, a sense after the last year, you will feel a sense of freedom you have not felt in a long time. I think that's a really good point to end on in the episode on. So, thank you, Jacob. Thank you, thank you, Kellen. This has been a, a little more uh, raw episode of Three Rural White Guys. Uh, give us your feedback if you. If it's okay, um, we're probably not going to change. We've made a decision to, to really get out there a little more, call people out on their bull crap and, uh, and hypocrisy. 
and and still at the same time uh, really look at good, strong policy and, and governance. Thanks, y'all, for joining us. Three World White Guys, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram, and, and we look forward to you joining us next week. <laughs>